Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here for NFL Week 5 Recap and Review. It was uh, a very interesting week and uh, some gambling killing week as well in a couple of these games. Uh, so it was a fun week uh, indeed. A lot of interesting things went down this week. Uh, so you ready to get into our review of uh, Week 5 of this NFL season? Yeah, uh, I'm a little a little down. A couple teams let me down, but uh, I guess at least I'm not a fan. Uh, but yeah, let's get it to week five, man. I don't know. A couple teams uh, dominated and then somehow found a way to loss. Uh, we'll get into yeah. that. Uh, crazy week, in a, crazy week. A couple of those, and then a, a couple dominated and uh, found a way to win, but uh, didn't quite uh, win us the money that we wanted them to win. But uh, let's start in Las Vegas uh, so we get this out of the way. Uh, uh, John Gruden resigned. Uh, the team looked really, really flat in a 20 to nine loss uh, versus the Bears here. Uh, I, I can't even like say the Bears played all that well. Uh, I, I will say they're rushing attacked. They seem to have a two headed monster with Herbert and Damian Williams that got for 143 yards, but uh, basically Justin Fields. Uh, I, took the snap. <laughs> That's about all I can say that he did in this game. He was uh, 12 of 20 for 111 yards. He had three carries for four yards, but the uh, Raiders offense uh, just wasn't there. Uh, Jacob still looks pretty hobbled out there with that turf toe. And uh, from what we've seen from the Raiders early on, that offense just uh, doesn't seem to be there. I don't know how much of that uh, we make of maybe distractions going on on that Raiders camp throughout the week. Uh, but uh, what did you make of this game? What do you make of the Raiders? Were they distracted in this game? And will they be distracted pretty much the rest of the year now? Well, I got to start off by saying that this is one of the games that cost me uh, in one of my parlay, two of my parlays, actually. Um, I had the Raiders beaten the Bears simply because of how good the, uh, the Raiders were playing on offense. And it was a complete disappointment. Now, I probably should have anticipated a bit of a letdown after, you know, the news started leaking out about, uh, their coach, John Gruden, and those leaked emails. But I think that this actually played a big role in the outcome of this game. Um, you know, you hear coaches all the time talk about, uh, not just coaches, but GMs and the whole front office talk about, we can't have players be distractions. And and you, every time it happens, you hear players come out and apologize about it. But the last thing you expect is for your head coach to become a distraction. And uh, we've seen it over the last couple of weeks. It's happened to a couple of teams now uh, where head coaches are basically being out, you know, outed, um, whether it's through leaked information or leaked videos or whatever it may be. But I have to think that the distraction has definitely played a role in the outcome of this game because uh, you look at the way they played this week, the Raiders, and the way they've been playing so far this season, and it's two completely different teams. So I have to believe that at least that played some role in, in the outcome of the game. Yeah, uh, you know, we also, they might have known more inside the uh, Raiders camp about what was going on and what was probably going to end up happening. Uh, you know, we got little 
sparse fragments of you know the email leaks and until today when we got the full story of all the stuff so maybe inside that uh, Raiders camp they probably knew it was coming and it was really just a flat performance offense looked really really poor this is the Raiders second loss in a row too so they might also just be overall on that uh, same game they seem to play like uh, every year uh, you know, a couple weeks, they look like one of the top five teams in the league. And uh, then this week, they look like they belong in the categories of the uh, Jaguars and the Jets. You know, I, I will say about the Bears, um, this is sort of what they do. Um, it it's probably going to end up being in and around a team that might scratch their way into the playoffs. Uh, they now have three wins on this season. Um, I I'm not quite sure how they've all been ugly. And uh, I, I can't really explain other than the defense, at, at least that front seven, uh, the secondary is really, really poor, which I think made the uh, Las Vegas uh, not being able to pass the ball real well in this game, even more sort of bearing, but uh, you know, Let's flip this to the Bears a little bit here. What do you make of this Bears team? Is it just going to be that team that grinds into the playoffs and uh, they get waxed in the first round when they have to play a, uh, an actual good team? I mean, that's if they can even sneak into the playoffs. You know, I just – this team, sometimes defensively they show up and sometimes they don't. Offensively, I don't think they bring much to the table, especially with the injuries they've had. You know, the coach said it week one, and it seems like his hand was forced into, you know, playing fields. But I have to believe that Justin Fields just isn't ready yet. I, I don't, he doesn't look the part of a starting NFL quarterback. Um, it's just his decision making, his, you know, his reads, all these things. It seems like he's a step behind. And I don't blame him. You know, he's a young kid, you know, and, he still has a lot of grown up to do. And, and I still think that the future is bright for him. I just don't think he's ready yet. I, I think it's a bit of a disservice to put him out there. Um, even though they won the game, you know, good for them. They won the game. But I feel like if they had Dalton, you know, in that particular matchup, I feel like not only would they have won that game, but they probably would have completely like uh, destroyed the Raiders. And I, I don't know. I, I, my concern here is that, you know, yes, you won this game, but if you keep losing games and you keep putting up poor performances, at some point it might start to, you know, kind of uh, become an issue where it's affecting him mentally and it, it takes away his confidence. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but it could. And if it does, it'd be a shame, especially since this is their future. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will say I don't know what uh... – Nagy is now doing, uh, he gave the play calling duties, uh, you know, two weeks ago to the offensive coordinator. Uh, so he is basically standing on the sideline staring. Uh, so I, I don't know quite what his usefulness is, uh, but I, it's a very solid chance that he now has coached three of the last four years a team to the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if that means he should keep his job because uh, I, I do think this team just, it probably should be better than it is really other than in that uh, quarterback position. But, uh, you know, uh, Raiders wise, let's flip it. Gruden probably had to go from everything that's leaking out now. Uh, 
you know, uh, just in case anyone's wondering, uh, your emails are not confidential, um, even if you delete them. Uh, pretty much anyone can have access to them with a uh, small ingrain of computer knowledge. So uh, if you're sending emails with bad stuff in them, someone will probably find them, certainly if they are going to dig deep enough. So, uh, you know, really uh, just a stupid circumstance for John Gruden to, you know, uh, just type that out in print. Uh, so there is a record of, uh, you know, his really dumbassery uh, being spammed all over the screen. But, uh, you know, not just that. I mean, just the fact that you're doing it on company emails. Yeah. You know, it, it'd be one thing if it's a text message, you know, from your own personal phone or, you know, an email from your own personal email address, but you're sending them off to people in the league you know, probably using your own league email as well. Uh, I mean, these, it's just the, the, the silliness here uh, to, you know, for lack of better words, it's just mind boggling. I, I don't understand. Uh, maybe it's because these guys are a lot older and they don't quite understand how it all works, but it's really no excuse. I mean, just listen, you know, personal stuff aside. Yes. Some of the stuff that was leaked was, was really, really bad. And it's not condoned by any of us here at Greenlight Network, but, you know, whatever, you're allowed to have your own personal thoughts, but make sure you do it in, you know, at least a personal source of, uh, of connection, whether it be your personal email or your personal phone, because use company material and then kind of be shocked that this was going to, you know, eventually be found. I, I think it's just plain silly. Yeah, I also wouldn't trust anybody in the uh, Washington football team staff either. <laughs> That's yeah, who I was they're, choosing they're, to send emails to. <laughs> they're they're probably getting ready to throw everyone under the bus just to save themselves. I mean, it's just a bad situation. Yeah, uh, definitely so. You know, uh, it, it basically sounded like, you know, he was in his little boys meeting, except he put it in an email, you know, if he's you know, kicking it in the steam room with Bruce Allen and running his mouth. Uh, you know, nobody probably has any idea and he's good to go. Uh, but he stupidly put it in print and, you know, I, I, he probably had to resign or the Raiders were going to have to fire him. Uh, something was coming. <laughs> now, before we move on from this subject, I had a couple of things. Um, one, you know, they obviously said that one of them was Bruce Allen. So yes. we know that one. He's obviously been fired. He's no longer there. But who were the other people that he was contacting? Well, I think that's what everybody's asking right now is we don't know who the other people involved are. And maybe this is one of the reasons why the Raiders seem so distracted. Maybe it's people in office or, in, you know, in that front office or maybe even higher up. So it's probably one of the reasons why there's all this distraction. But a question I have for you is I'm not sure how, how his contract was set up. I know he had that 10 year, $100 million contract, which is ridiculous by any standards because this is the kind of stuff that can happen. But is, was his money guaranteed even if he resigned? Uh, I think if he resigns, he probably doesn't get it. Uh, that would be my understanding. Now, you know, uh, technically speaking, it was, a, you know, coaches' contracts are guaranteed. Uh, they might have like buyout clauses in them. Uh, but uh, I assume since he resigned, He's probably not getting this money uh, now, you know, uh, that might end up in a fight, <laughs> you know, further down the road here. Uh, Think about the starts. money it's going to cost a team yeah. just, um, just for litigation and all these, you know, different legal uh, routes that they have to take. 
I think is probably something that's going to be ongoing for the next couple of seasons, which is, you know, kind of a, of a downfall if you're a Raiders fan. I find out something you're looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, last thing on this, uh, what do you think about this Raiders season going forward? Is it probably just going to slide down a hill and uh, end up in misery? You know, the Broncos have come back to earth a little bit, but the Chargers seem to be, you know, ascending up that mountain into uh, AFC relevancy. Uh, we'll get to the Chiefs a little bit later, but I, I don't think either of us are like the Chiefs are going to be the bottom of that uh, division. I think they will find themselves uh, pretty easy here. So uh, what do you make of the Raiders season probably the rest of the year going here? You know, me personally, I, I, I was thinking about it. I was sitting down writing my notes for the show, and I kind of feel like the season's pretty much done for them. Now, I'm not saying that there's no way they can, you know, get past this. There definitely is. And I hope that there is because, you know, they were looking really good. It looked like they were definitely a contender for at least a playoff spot going forward. But it's it almost feels like they have built an excuse now for, you know, a bad season. And who knows what's going to happen. Let's just say they have a really bad season. You're probably going to have a huge turnover in staff and players, uh, you know, during the next offseason. And it might be a completely different Raider team going forward. And if that's the case, then maybe you're talking about, you know, a complete rebuild. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, my brain is telling me that this is going to be an ongoing thing for pretty much the whole season. I hope it's not, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I don't think this is going to end up in a successful campaign here, especially judging from what we saw in this game. Uh, we'll move on to uh, the London game, uh, which was equally uh I don't know. Terrible. Uh, the Jets uh, proved that uh, that was sort of a, a one week magic sort of thing. Nothing like the Tennessee Titans uh, defense to uh, help you out. Uh, not even the Atlanta Falcons defense was uh, poor enough uh, to sort of drop to their level here. Uh, I, I will say I, I thought the Falcons offense looked good for the first half. Um and then, of course, in the second half, it sort of died down. And uh, I heard you looked, in my ear as I was watching the game. I just heard you in my ear. And they, of course, let the Jets right back in the game. Uh, but uh, I don't know. How do we go about the, the Jets are really bad. Uh, the Falcons are bad, uh, boarding on really bad. Uh, what do you make of this uh, coming out of this week? I, I think that their identities have pretty much been set. You know, the Falcons aren't a very good team. Um, they're mediocre at best on defense, and they're mediocre at best on offense. Uh, offensively, they can at least every now and then put up a really good game, but it's just not something we're going to see week to week. Uh, on the Jets' side of the ball, defensively, they can they can show up. It's almost like the, uh, the Falcons' offense. They can show up week to week. Uh, we don't know which defense is going to show up, but when they do, they're pretty solid defense offensively they definitely need to go up against a team that has a very porous defense. And if that's the case, then they can put up some points. I didn't think they looked too bad. Uh, although that first half, it seemed like Atlanta was completely dominating the game. They made it a little bit, they made it a little bit closer and, and kind of made it a little competitive as the game progressed. But at no point did I really feel that the Falcons would lose this game. But uh, as I said earlier, a little while ago, I did hear you in my ear as I'm watching the score. I'm like, yep, the Falcons are going to find a way to lose this one. But, uh, you know, ultimately they came up with the win. So, you know, good for them. Uh, I think a lot of people expected the, uh, you know, the, the outcome of this game to go the way it did. But uh, 
Yeah, neither team is really that good. I think both of them are trying to build for a better future. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't probably our best uh, our best stuff to send out over the uh, over the pond, as they say. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the only thing I can say is uh, it's nice to know that they uh, realized Kyle Pitts was a, a good player at tight end. Yeah, yeah uh, he became half relevant. Their receiving, half their receiving core had to be out for it to dawn on and maybe take advantage of his mismatch. Uh, I don't know what that says about Arthur Smith, uh, quote unquote, the genius offensive coordinator, uh, but maybe going forward, they sort of utilize uh, that mismatch that he presents. Uh, versus a uh, Jets defense that had played pretty well up into that point. Uh, I mean, so there was that. I, I guess I groomed from the game. Otherwise, these are just two really, really bad teams. I, I will say at points, uh, Wilson looks like he might be able to mold himself into a decent quarterback. Uh, now, he's got to learn to check down the ball. I mean, he holds that thing looking for a deep pass every single time, and that's just not going to work in the NFL. It's, you know, unless you're playing the Titans and then it it works at about a 50% efficiency rating. But, uh, you know, he does seem to be able to hopefully mold himself into that type of quarterback. I will say, that may be a glimmer of hope, but uh, I think this thing could probably also turn bad and we could see him turn into Jameis Winston as well. Uh, so that would be the only thing. I don't know if the Jets are, you know, capable of molding him. Uh, we'll get to the last one that they tried to mold and uh, him sabotaging some other teams' uh, future pretty much. Uh, but uh, I, I, what do you make of Zach Wilson here? You know, it's really, really early, but. Uh, there are throws that uh, a lot of quarterbacks can't make that uh, he can make, but uh, it, it probably just concerns himself if he can learn to, you know, eat it, take a check down uh, to be successful in this league. Yeah. I mean, one of the most, uh, you know, important uh, attributes of any quarterback in the NFL is their mental, uh, their, their capacity for learning the game mentally, not, not physically, mentally. And you see it with guys like Tom Brady, who is probably way past the age we'd all expect quarterbacks to be playing. And not only is he playing, but he's playing at a pretty high level too. So, uh, you know, I, I see, I see the physical attributes with him. Like you said, there's certain throws that he's making that not every quarterback in the league can make, which is definitely eye opening. Um, and it felt like in the beginning of the season, as it was going, they, they kind of were holding him back. They were holding back the reins. And a couple of weeks ago, he started kind of letting loose. Now the issue with that, you have to be aware of your personnel, okay? And you don't have the big wide receivers. You don't have a Calvin Johnson. You don't have uh, a Torrey Holt. You don't have a Jerry Rice or any of those big guys. You don't have one of those on your team, unfortunately. So to just kind of go out there and, and just fling it out, not only is it silly, but it's completely uncalled for, you know? You're the, you're the leader of the team. You got to make the best decisions. And sometimes there is some learning pain, some growing pains that comes along with the job and, and the position. But some of the, some of the throws he makes are, are leave me scratching my head. I just don't understand him. And I know that he's learning and he's young. And, and, but I do think he's going to get better. He definitely shows the signs of being at least a future, you know, NFL quarterback, a legit NFL quarterback. Um, I just think they need to surround him with some more weapons to build that confidence up. 
Yeah. You know, uh, when the Falcons were rolling in that, uh, you know, first quarter, they kept going three and out, three and out, and he kept trying to make, you know, huge chunk plays when it's like get one or two first downs, punt the ball, and, you know, don't let that Atlanta offense get rolling. And I, you know, I, I think that hopefully comes to him because if he can learn that, you know, Maybe you aren't going to score on this drive, but at least try to get a first down. It was three and out, boom, back to Atlanta, score. Three and out, boom, back to Atlanta, score. And you just put yourself in the hole, and then your whole game plan, you know, going forward is messed up just because you wouldn't take, you know, a little check down to Carter or, you know, Tevin Coleman or just your, uh, you know, your out receiver out there instead of trying to make huge big-time play. So uh, we'll see if that goes. The next game uh, we're going to talk about here, Pittsburgh Steelers, Denver Broncos. Pittsburgh Steelers uh, got off to a good start. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, hit Deontay Johnson for a big play to open this game. And, uh, of course, our favorite, the announcers, well, it looks like he's not dead just yet. <laughs> My favorite uh, guy's played terrible for five weeks, makes one pass, and he's uh He's, he's back. He's, he's back, back, baby. <laughs> uh I will say he was a little bit better uh, this week, uh, but once again, they got up. They were able to run the ball uh, with Najee Harris, who had uh, 23 carries for 122 yards. This is probably the best their offense looked. Uh, I, I thought their defense played well until the end when they were trying to give this game away. And also, I will say, that's when, you know, you sort of see the Benz Rosselsberger. He couldn't get Pittsburgh first downs. They kept giving the ball in the Denver Broncos chance after chance here. Uh, what'd you make of this game? Uh, decent win for Pittsburgh. Keeps them, uh, you know, at least attached here in the uh, at two and three instead of going to one and four. Yeah, I think this is a more important game for the Steelers than it was for the Broncos, uh, even though the Broncos are technically in a, in a tougher division, at least in my opinion. Uh, a more competitive division, but that's better word for it. Um, I thought it was more important for the Steelers to win this game simply because they are starting to fall behind, uh, not just in their division, but the AFC in general. And if they're going to at least make a run for playoffs or anything like that, they have to win this game and stay within uh, punching distance of those other top teams in the AFC. You know, it, it's amazing what a little bit of balance on offense will do. Uh, and, as you stated, you know, they had a really good day run the ball, which took some of the pressure off of Big Ben. And it wasn't all on him to make plays. Now, they did have a couple of injuries. I believe it was uh, Juju Smith-Schuster who was out for the year. Yeah, it looks like he's going to be out for the season as well. So, so uh, which, you know, the probably the most disappointing part of that is the fact that he had to get hurt such a talented wide receiver. And the second most disappointing thing about that is that he was on my fantasy team. Um and nothing else matters other than that. But, no, it, it was a good win for the Steelers. You know, they were going up against a tough de uh, defensive opponent, and we weren't expecting too much offensively uh, from the Broncos, especially going up against that tough uh, Steelers defense. But both sides made a game of it, and I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the Steelers got the win, and, you know, they, gave, they go home, and they were home happy. So, I mean, not much more to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh... You know, I, I thought the offense looked better. Uh, defense looked solid uh, for about three and a half quarters. They seemed to tire a, a little bit down the stretch there. Uh, let's flip things over to the Broncos side. Uh, got off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, lost two straight. Really got rolled hard by the uh, Ravens. And, and then 
you know, went to Pittsburgh, a uh, tough loss there. You know, defense has not been as consistent now that they played, you know, probably a, a step up from the level that they uh, started at. Uh, but I'm more worried about the offense. It, it still just seems like uh, it's not really explosive enough. Now, you know, that's sort of Teddy Bridgewater's thing. He's capable of playing solid quarterback, but he's probably not going to give you explosive plays. Now, a little bit of that is, uh, you know, Jerry Judy being out. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Tim Patrick came back and they did have Cortland Sutton. So, you know, what do you make of this Broncos team here? Is it just going to be sort of hot and cold streaks or can they put a run together here? I, I think they can get a, I think they can put a run together and I'll tell you why. Teddy is Teddy and, and his best attribute is the fact that he can manage a game. And, you know, now the Broncos running game hasn't been all that stellar, you know, over the last few weeks. And it was probably one of their strongest, you know, offensive uh, tools last season was their run game. Uh, we kept saying that if they got a quarterback that could just manage the game properly, that they'd be a lot better. And that's kind of what they got this season, although the running game hasn't been doing them a lot of favors. I thought they did okay this week, but they have a really good defense, and, and that defense can show up any week and play against any team. And that's probably one of the reasons why they have the best chance at going on a good streak is because they have a tough defense. And they have a good, smart quarterback who can manage the game properly. Now, he's still going to make his mistakes like he always does. You know, that's just who Teddy is. But I really like the Broncos, and I like the way that they've really put this team together. But the issue with them is that they're literally like an injury or two away from being, like, completely obsolete. And that's the part that scares me. Yeah. The other thing is you mentioned the running game. They split carries, nine for Gordon, uh, eight for Javante Williams here. Uh, you know. Really, if you look at the season, Javante Williams is the better running back right now. You know, I, I think Melvin Gordon's probably a little long in the tooth, uh, but they gave him a lot of money two years ago. I, I think this is maybe the last year that guaranteed money. Maybe it goes into next year. Uh, but I really think if they want to get this running game going, they sort of just got to eat it and really feed Javante Williams, who's been the much better back here, and uh, sort of just – let Gordon fade to the background and, you know, eat that money. Uh, you know, Javante Williams had eight carries for 61 yards. His, you know, yards per carry average this season has been, uh, you know, just ridiculously uh, good at uh, 4.6 a carry, uh, where Gordon has been, you know, really uh, below average in that sort of thing. So I, I know it's probably hard to, you know, go to your owner and uh, go to your GM and be like, yeah, that guy we paid, uh, we don't want to play him. We want to play the rookie we drafted uh, because, well, he's better. Uh, so I, I think that has a lot to, you know, they just need to hand the ball to Javante Williams and eat it with Gordon a little bit here. Yeah, but, you know, then you also it becomes an issue of, you know, you have all this basically useless cap money that you've spent uh, and you're not utilizing. Now, there's different ways they can go about it. You know, you can keep Gordon Fresher by saving him for the long run. Uh, as the young guy kind of progresses and, and really becomes part of the offense, there's just so many different factors into it. And, they, you know, we could get an injury to the young running back, and then yeah, at least you have a decent guy as a backup, uh, you know, as a backup plan. But as you mentioned, I think that if, if the guaranteed money is, is done this season – 
it's probably the last time we're going to see him in a Broncos uniform because every good team, the way they're usually built is with young, young guys who are really cheap. And these guys can carry the load for a while while their contracts are still cheap. So they can pay guys that are going to be impactful, not a running back that you're going to split carries with. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, all right. Uh, we'll switch uh, to what turned into an interesting game. Only the uh, Minnesota Vikings can be up uh, 16 to six with uh, four minutes left and uh, somehow pretty much almost find a way to lose and uh, really probably should have lost this game. Uh, sadly, the Lions uh, become the first team in history to lose to 250 plus yard field goals as time expires. Uh, I don't, you know, there's something to be said. The Lions are not very good. Uh, why the Vikings could not score more than 19 points on them. I'm, you know, once again, highly confused. Uh, you know, Madison ran for 113 yards. Kirk Cousins threw for 275 yards, and yet they come away with 19 points, three of which are there at the, you know, buzzer. But, uh, you know, Lions-wise, they play real hard. Uh, they just aren't a very good team. They have no wide receivers to speak of. Uh, you know, I, I will say Swift and Williams is a pretty decent running back combo. Uh, golf's pretty solid. He had one really bad pick in this game. But, uh, you know, he was right there to lead him down there uh, when the Vikings gave him the opportunity. Uh, a little bit of a shame they didn't win this one. But, uh, once again, this just – comes away with me more so shaking my head at this Minnesota Vikings team. Uh, it's two and three, but, uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of this game and I'm like, this team is just brutal. Uh, they have like zero ability to uh, either win or close out games, but uh, luckily they played a really bad team and got a nice field goal there at the end. What did you make of this one? You know, as you mentioned it, uh, to me, the most shocking part about this game was the fact that the Vikings couldn't muster up any points. You know, you look at the second week in a row too. <laughs> yeah, I know. You look at the offense of the Minnesota Vikings and you look at the names that they have on there. You know, they have a lot of big names and even their backup running back has shown flashes. You know, he's had a couple hundred yard games now where he's looked really good. So you're not too concerned about the drop off at the running back position, you know, when it comes to cook. Uh, but I don't understand because I, what I'm what I'm going to chalk it off to is basically divisional opponents. You know, they know each other pretty well. And one of the reasons why the Lions were able to at least defensively hold the Vikings uh, offense to a minimum. As you mentioned, you look at the stats and you would think that the score would be much different, but it's not. Uh, it seems like they were able to get drives home. They just weren't able to finish him. And, you know, it, it came down to the very end. I do have to say that I, I feel bad for Jared Goff, you know, and I, I didn't want Jared Goff when he was first drafted by the Rams, but he grew on me and he showed, you know, moments of toughness. And this is to me, probably one of the biggest hurdles that he's going to have to overcome in his career is having such a poor offensively loaded team and, and still trying to be competitive. You can see that he got used to the winning mentality. And this is probably one of the reasons why they're, they tend to be in games, even if they're not winning is because, Jared Goff is used to winning and he wants to win and he just doesn't have any weapons around him. But I, I think that if they can keep him along or sign him for pretty cheap uh, going into next season, you know, extend his contract, if they can get him some weapons, I think this Lions team can be pretty good because the defense is not great. They're decent and, and they still manage to hold a very offensive, a potently offensive team to just 19 points as you stated. And 
offensively, if he had some wide receivers, I think they'd be making some noise in that division. Yeah, uh, well, certainly as bad as it looks other than uh, the Green Bay game. And now uh, we'll switch and go to that one. Um, you know, I, I think we discussed it on Friday. The only thing that uh, probably could cost us here if uh, we got the laziest Green Bay performance uh, of all time. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I think we got that. Uh, basically, they racked up 466 yards uh, and uh, – a 333 passing, 133 rushing. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers was 27 for 39. Uh, they seem to be able to do whatever they want, but uh, just lazy, dumb mistakes uh, that, you know, deep pass to Jamar Chase right at the end of the half, uh, let the Bengals back into it. Uh, I, I won't get into the kicking uh, on both sides. Crosby was brutal. Uh, the Bengals kicker wasn't any better other than him celebrating a kick uh, that he missed. But uh, I guess at that point, uh, if your kick was close, you probably needed to celebrate. Uh, so maybe that was his thinking there. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I was just disappointed in this Green Bay performance. They looked like they just thought at, you know, the snap of a finger they could pull away from this game. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, uh, I, I wish they had a better coach uh, because Joe Burrow is going to end up dying. Uh, I think he almost died uh, in this game. He did have to go to the hospital with a throat contusion. I don't even know what that quite means, uh, but it doesn't sound pleasant. Uh, but, uh you know, I come away with this more looking at this Bengals team. Uh, you know, this AFC, that bottom is pretty, pretty weak. I mean, you got the elites up there at the top, but then you're probably talking that last playoff spot. I mean, you're looking Miami, you're looking Cincinnati, you're looking New England. I, I mean, it, it, you know, Denver, uh, really poor teams. And, you know, from what I've seen from this Bengals team, they play hard. They hit explosive plays. Jamar Chase is killing it right now. They got a solid receiver in T. Higgins. Uh, you know, they sort of piece together decent running backs with Mixon and P. Ryan, whichever one is healthy at the time. I come away thinking this Bengals team, uh, while not like three and one great, uh, you know, if they keep playing hard like this, they might could sneak in there uh, with the way they play. So well, what did you make of this game? It's almost as if you snuck into my house and, and took a look at my notes because that's exactly what I was uh, what I was going after. You know, it wasn't so much that I was disappointed with the Packers, even though I was because they cost me another one of my parlays. Uh, but I, I came out of this not so much disappointed with the Packers, but more pleased with the Bengals. And it's they remind me a lot of the early Jacksonville Jaguars of last season. I'm not talking about towards the end, but towards the beginning of the season where it didn't matter who they were playing, they were going to play tough. And, yes, they weren't the better team. They, they didn't have the better players. They didn't have the better coach. But they were going to show up, and they were going to, they were going to make you fight for that win. And, and it seems like that's the type of Bengals team we have this season. You know, my concern is, as you mentioned, Burrow, is it, I, I would hate to see him get hurt again. You know, we had that issue with him last season, which definitely stunted his development a lot. Imagine what he would be playing like right now had he gone through an entire season last year, you know, he'd probably be leaps and bounds better than he is now. And, and I still think that his ceiling is very high. He still shows a lot of talent, even when he does make some poor decisions and he's got, he's got some pretty good tools out there. You know, it's, as you mentioned, Chase is a pretty good, you know, a weapon to have out there and defensively, 
they're playing okay. Yeah, uh, they're. they're I, I was going to say defensively, they're shocking me with how I, I wouldn't call it good defense, but they they're in the right spots and uh, they play hard and they'll work, which you know uh, is. I mean, th- probably, this sounds crazy to say, yeah. But if you were to offer me right now, which defense would you rather have? Would you rather have the Chiefs defense? Or would you rather have the Bengals? Give me the Bengals defense. Yeah, uh, I think know, so. Not even though we didn't. They're not, as you mentioned, they're not great. They're not. They're not. You know, a, they're not going to keep offensive coordinators up at night. But you know, at least they show up and fight. And and there's some there, there's something to be said about that. And I think it's probably got to do with the coaching staff uh, and some of the leaders in that locker room because they show up ready regardless of who they're playing. You know, they went up against the Green Bay Packers. We're probably one of the better offensive uh, teams in the league. And they're like, oh, we're going to go tit for tat with you. And and they did. So to me, this was more impressive uh, on the Bengals side of the ball than it was the Packers uh, disappointing. So, uh, you know, kudos to the Packers for winning. But uh, my my attention here was driven definitely to the Bengals side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Uh kept Ed Orgeron in a job he wasn't any good at. And uh, now they're keeping Zach Taylor in a job he's not any good at. So uh, way to go. Uh, uh, You know, I I do worry about Burrow health-wise. You know, know, it's like a bad mixture. I I think Zach Taylor's scheme uh, just does not protect him. And then, you know, he's a little reckless as well. So you're like – burning fire with the gasoline <laughs> in the middle sitting there. And I, you know, if he can manage to get through the season, I, I think this Bengals team might be able to sort of stick around. And uh, I don't know if they can work their way in the playoffs, but uh, right now, uh, you know, that bottom half of the AFC, uh, you know, you can't tell me the Colts or the Titans or the Dolphins or, you know, uh, the Patriots, any of those teams that are, you know, that lower level. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, we just talked about are like leaps and bounds above this Bengals team. I, I think well, they you can, saw what the, you saw what the Bengals did to the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. I think they can play with any of those teams. So, you know, if they can stay healthy, I, I think they can make a name for themselves. Uh, you know, maybe sneak into that playoffs, which is crazy, but, uh, you know, I'm starting to become a little bit of a believer here. Uh, you know, Packers, we mentioned it, uh, I don't know, just a lazy performance. I, you know, it, it's like watching the Chiefs of the NFC side of things. They seem to be like, oh, well, when we want to turn it on, we can turn it on. Now, uh, they haven't gone quite through the same gauntlet as the Chiefs had, or we might be asking the same sort of questions that we're probably asking about the Chiefs. Uh the only other thing I wanted to say, you know, Burrow threw that really bad pick at the end of overtime. And, you know, once again, Matt LaFleur, uh, captain aggressive, uh, which cost him probably a Super Bowl thing, uh, decided to run two terrible run plays and go for another field goal after we'd already seen Mason Crosby, uh, you know, miss an extra point and uh, miss two field goals to end that game. Uh, you know, how about run a couple decent plays, try to get a score and walk off with this thing instead of throwing your kicker out there and getting the easy victory. That just, must, it drove me nuts. He must have forgotten that he has Aaron Rodgers in the, That's, at, at the quarterback position because, yeah, I don't under, I didn't understand the logic behind it. it. You know, it almost seemed like he was okay with just sneaking past the Bengals. Yeah. It seemed like, like, he, what, like he didn't want to go out there and completely dominate them, which is – not something we're used to seeing when we're talking about the Packers. 
Yeah, I, I just it confused me. I'm like, I'm not saying throw an aggressive ball into double team coverage in there, but how about try to get 10, 15 yards after you've just seen your kicker miss an extra point and two kicks to in this game. And then you've seen on the other side, the Bengals kicker do the same thing. Clearly kicking wasn't working. Try to get a touchdown. I'm sure the Bengals already had thought they'd lost. The defense probably wasn't going to come out all bullish and aggressive there. But no, you just ran two simple run plays that lost you about eight yards, and then you missed another kick. Now, luckily, they got the ball back because i assuming Joe Burrow was playing with a broken throat. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go into their medical staff and their uh, competence in a little bit. Uh, why you want the guy out there with a throat contusion, I don't know. But uh, they got the win. They're four and one. They got the Bears coming up. I'm assuming they probably win that game as well. So, you know, it's hard to really hammer the Packers if they're going to be four and one, five and one, and, you know, playing for a top speed in the playoffs. But, uh, I don't know. It, it didn't disturb me as much as the Vikings, but once again, I, I just thought this was a gross performance by them. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, we'll pull a, a gross performance here. The uh, Miami Dolphins played the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, I, I'm beginning to think the Miami Dolphins are terrible. Uh, now, <laughs> Granted, this score wasn't quite that bad. Uh, for some reason, Tampa Bay is uh, trying to set some sort of touchdown pass record with Tom Brady, uh, throwing three of them in like the last six minutes of the game. Why that is necessary, I don't know. Uh, but hey, whatever. Go get your stats. Uh, even if it's in worthless garbage time, you know, I'm not one to hate. It just seems stupid. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This game's... Tampa Bay's a much better team than Miami right now. Miami's just really, really bad. Yeah, and that's saying a lot, especially when you look at how, and not necessarily poorly, but not as good as we've expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing. Um, and, and that's, I don't know, I think that the defense for the Dolphins, which was playing surprisingly well, uh, going back to last season, it seemed like they, they were really trying to stay within these games. And at some point they just couldn't muster it up anymore. And, and that's almost what it feels like happened this week. They, they tried early on and they just couldn't keep up. And offensively, they're not producing much, which is probably hurting their cause. You know, when you're having to go three and out and punting the ball and putting your defense back on the field, not giving them a chance to rest, eventually they're going to get worn out and you're going to get these type of performances. So when you look at the numbers, it looks like Brady just had a, masterful type of game but in reality it wasn't nearly that easy uh till the very end and even though the score looks very lopsided it, it actually was a lot closer in retrospect yeah uh you know the one thing i wonder about this miami team they spent money on will fuller they drafted jalen waddle uh you know Devonte parker is there now granted some of those guys were out and hurt. Uh, they're getting nothing from then. And then once again, their leading receiver is Preston Williams, who's, you know, uh, a number four or five receiver on pretty much every team in the NFL, uh, except maybe the Lions. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> You're I, number one there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just don't understand what this team is offensively. I mean, we talked about it on Friday. It, it's just all over the place. Nine runs. 39 passes, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me what they are offensively, and I don't think they know what they are offensively. I don't think anyone knows what they are offensively. 
And that's the problem is that they're basically relying way too much on that defense, which can only do so much when they're on the field for, you know, 75% of the game. And, and you, you can't play winning football like that. At some point, they're going to have to figure out some sort of scheme that works for the players that they have on offense and try to put that on the field because what they've been putting out on the field is kind of gross. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. And uh, speaking of teams that won but uh, lost in my eyes, uh, the New England Patriots uh, pulled a 25-22 uh, game here uh, with a closing 10-0 uh, uh, fourth quarter. But uh, I I'm beginning to think this New England defense is not very good. Uh, I know the offense is not very good. Uh, once again, no explosive plays whatsoever on the offensive side of thing. Uh, you know, they did get at least Hunter Henry involved. Uh, one of those tight ends uh, made an appearance. But uh, overall, I, you know, the Patriots won this game. Uh, but this Houston Texans team, uh, basically the last three weeks, uh, couldn't move the ball, uh, you know, 30 total yards. Uh, I, I believe they had negative net yards in that Buffalo Bills game for three-fourths of the game until it was 45 nothing, And uh, Davis Mills uh, carved them up for 312 yards and three touchdowns. Now, that being said, one of them was, you know, uh, a sort of fluky catch by Chris Moore for deep. But uh, it, it didn't look like the Texans were scared of this defense. And, you know, this offense just doesn't look smooth at all. Uh, so, you know, Patriots win. But uh, – I just don't think they're a very good team. Now, hold on. I need to check my surroundings. Okay. <laughs> I don't see the wife, so I can't say this. I think we overrated the, uh, the, the Patriots defense. Yeah. Because when you have a guy like Mills and, and no disrespect to, towards Mills, but he's just not a really good quarterback. When you have him slinging it the way he was slinging it, even though you mentioned that there were a few lucky plays here and there, even with all that said, you can't have a guy who has performed very, very poorly over the last week or so come out and look like he's the second coming of Peyton Manning. Uh, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but. Well, he did just, in that game. So it's just, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I, you know, I, now granted, I don't think the Patriots defense is going to be this bad week in and week out, you know, Bill Belichick say what you say, say what you want to say about the guy, but he's still a very smart coach and he's got a really good mind for defensive schemes. So I think at some point they're going to look really good again, but they, they're really, they're just, they're not great. And that's part of the issue is that they can't be great consistently. They can't be good consistently. They can be good at times. They just can't do it consistently. And this is one of the reasons why the Patriots are, you know, one of those uh, not bottom dwellers, but bottom half yeah. looking up type of teams. And until they completely get their team the way they want it to, uh, it's probably what we're going to get from them week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about Cincinnati, uh, you know, right now watching these two teams, I think Cincinnati's a better football team. I, I think Cincinnati could put points on the new England Patriots. I don't know how many points the new England Patriots can put on the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you, you know, you really make that leap. Uh, this team isn't shutting down Buffalo or Kansas city or uh, the chargers or even Cleveland for that matter. So you know, they're nowhere near that. I'm not even going to get into the Ravens, you know, who probably are not probably quite into that, uh, you know, peak, peak team, but, uh, you know, are a good offensive team. So, you know, I, I just don't know where this Patriots team sits. It's probably right there on the fringe of the playoffs. But, uh, you know, if you were asking me right now, I, I don't think this is a playoff team. 
Yeah, I agree with you. You know, there's still a possibility they could probably sneak in there just because they could always end up, you know, second best in their division. But even if they somehow get in there, I don't see how offensively they can keep up with any of these other teams. And when you talk about the playoffs, you're not talking about bottom dwellers now. You're talking about basically, you know, the 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 elite of the elite. And especially going in as a wild card team, you're going up against, you know, those higher ranked uh, seeds. And I, I just think that it wouldn't be pretty if that were the case. Yeah, uh, big game for the Texans next week for the, the Colts. Uh, technically speaking, they are second in the division uh, with pretty much all their division bonus to play. Uh, if they can get a, a semi-performance like this out of Davis Mills, uh, from what I've seen out of all those teams in that uh, division, uh, you know, I'm not writing them off out of that division now, uh, you know, as a competent football team. But if Davis Mills can play like this, uh, you know, I, I see no reason why he can't carve up, you know, Tennessee or Indianapolis or the Jags, for that matter, who they already have a win over. Yeah, I mean, I could, I definitely see where you're coming from. It's just I, I think it's a little disappointing the way the season started for them. And I know they've had injuries and things like that, but the way the season started off for them, it, it seemed so promising. It seemed like they were getting ready to just smack all the haters across the face uh, and all the naysayers, but things are starting to come back to reality. And unless they're facing off against a poor team, they're going to have a tough time. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, New Orleans Saints uh, versus the Washington football team. A uh, little mixed bag of a game. Uh, Saints, hot, cold, hot, cold. Uh, I think that pretty much uh, sums up Jamin, Jameis Winston's uh, career. Uh, you know, Washington's defense, uh, once again, was very porous. Uh, I won't even get how they uh, defended that Hail Mary at the end of the half. Uh, maybe a D-back wants to jump. Uh, their excuse was they thought the Saints were kicking a field goal. Um, I, I I don't know how many teams kick field goals from the other side of the field, uh, but my guess is the Saints aren't one of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, that ended up being the margin of victory, that stupid Hail Mary. Um, Jameis looked... Uh, okay he hit a couple deep passes in this one uh but once again i i thought it was a little bit hot and cold uh you know that being said uh Taysom hill got just crushed uh with a head-on-head -head hit so my guess is he's going to be out you know a while uh so you don't have much choice now it's probably Jameis or go uh you know i i just don't know what to make of this saints team i i think their defense is solid uh but I, I'm just not seeing anything from the offensive side of things that uh, I think can compete with elite level teams here. Listen, you know, Winston's no, he's no breeze. That's a fact. You know, we know what we're getting from Winston. I think that he's definitely improved as far as being able to protect the ball. He's not making as many mistakes as he was, you know, when he was back in Tampa. Uh, all that being said though, we know what we're getting from him. He's not going to put up great numbers. You know, he's going to have good games here and there, but he's not going to lead your team to victory. One of their biggest assets on offense was the fact that they could bring Hill in and kind of, uh, you know, throw those gimmicky plays out there, which would throw defenses or at least keep them on their heels. Losing Hill and having to go just with Winston, I think it's a little detrimental to the offense, but ultimately it's all going to fall on, on Winston's shoulders, whether he's the good Winston or the bad Winston, and that's going to decide whether they win these games or not. Because defensively, the Saints are playing pretty well. Uh, I know that they gave up some points in this matchup, but it, it seems like they're having good weeks and bad weeks here and there.
but I still trust that Saints defense. I think they could show up and play with just about anybody. Um, they seem to play up to their competition a lot on defense. And going forward, probably not the best thing. Um, but listen, they came out with the win, which is what's important. Yeah. And uh, it's it's Winston. That's Winston is what he is, and I don't think that his performance is really going to shock anybody going forward. It's just if they can get Hill healthy again and get him back out on the field, at least it's it adds a different dynamic to that offense, which in turn helps them out a little bit more. It's not all on Winston any at that point. Yeah. Uh, would you trust this Saints team to win versus any of those top-tier uh, NFC teams? See, I, I feel like their defense could show could up. Keep and keep a minute. Keep up. Yeah. Uh, the, the question mark would then be, would Winston feel the pressure like he used to back when he was in Tampa and start flinging it, you know, with no regards for uh, his player safety and uh, the outcome of whether it's turnover or not. That was his biggest issue, I think, in Tampa Bay was that he didn't know when to reel it in and he didn't know when to let it go. And it's one reason why he has so many turnovers during this last season. I think that defensively they could stay in games. The question mark then becomes offensively. Can they put up enough offense? Uh, Alvin Kamara has been playing a lot better, but he's to me, he's more of a change of pace back. I don't think he's an every down back. Every, and that's how they're utilizing him right now, which is probably one of the reasons why they've had, uh, they haven't had as much success. Yeah. Uh, Washington side of things, I don't know. It looks pretty much similar every week. Uh, not a real good defense. Um, you know, offense is – it's not awful, but it's not really all that good. Um, so, I don't know. More the same from Washington. It, it's just – it's not a very good football team. I, I think they can, you know, keep themselves in and around 500 because there are a lot of bad football teams, but uh, they just aren't really – good and the defense has been maybe one of the most disappointing units in football right now yeah that's exactly what i was going to say to me the whole issue with this with the washington football almost called them the redskins the whole issue with the uh, washington football team is the fact that they just aren't producing defensively the way we expect them to produce coming into the season and until they can shore up that defense the offense just isn't really that good so i i don't think things are looking that good for them going forward but they do play in the nfc east although those cowboys we'll get into them a little bit later yeah. i'm sure but yeah you got to watch out for those cowboys yeah definitely so all right uh we'll go to a game that uh I, i'm still utterly confused about well i'm not because uh you know the answer is in the quarterback position here uh but the philadelphia eagles uh 21 uh carolina 18 um Carolina dominated this game on the defensive side of the ball um, pretty much the whole game to the point where uh, coming into the fourth quarter, uh, I believe the Eagles had like 80 yards of total offense. Um, but uh, Carolina could not extend that lead. Uh, McCaffrey did not play. I, I think they went sort of with my thinking that they could probably squeak by this game, get him a little bit healthier, bring him back. And uh, I, I think the thing we realize here is uh, – Sam Darnold is uh, pretty much Jameis Winston. It's it's the same sort of stuff. Uh, you know, you might get some electric throws, electric plays, uh, but you're going to get turnovers. And there were some really, really bad ones. And, I, I mean, watching this game, the only thing I could say is 
Darnold cost him this football game because this defense was ridiculously good because uh, I had this game on my main screen for most of it. The Eagles could not even get a first down for three-fourths of this game. So uh, just really a disappointing loss for Carolina. Yeah, definitely. This was one of the games that I was also watching, uh, not just because I had a little bit of moolah on the line, but uh, I really wanted to see how the Panthers were going to respond after last week. And that defense is still pretty impressive. I, I, I think that they're going to be, you know, pretty good going forward. But Darnold, as you mentioned, he cost them the game. And I know that he's also been one of the reasons why they won certain games. But it's, it's some throws, I'm sure if he could take it back, he would. But they, they, they were so drastic in, in, in the moment that it completely changed the outcome and the flow of the game. And that's probably the biggest reason why they lost. Uh, it was a big disappointment because I, I had really high hopes from this particular matchup. I thought that they would come out on top. Um, and But I, I still got to give kudos to the Eagles, though. You know, they they were down, and, and it looked like they might have been out, but they they hung in there, and, you know, Jalen Hurts did what he had to do to pull off the win, and they got the win, so can't take that away from them. Uh, they did what they had to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I really like the way uh, Deontay Smith for the Eagles is playing. Really, really good receiver there. Uh, you know, maybe I'll ask you. McCaffrey comes back probably next week since they were saying he probably could have been a go this week. Uh, does that solve maybe the Darnold issues of, you know, interceptions as they have that check down and he can be a little bit more safe? Uh, or do you think this is just how it's going to be? Two good games, two bad games, two good games, two bad games. It's not really a McCaffrey thing. It's a, you know, Sam Darnold, this is the way he is. It's just inconsistently bad. You know, I'd really like to say that it's Sam Darnold, but I don't think it's him. I think it's the whole ebb and flow of the offense. If you have McCaffrey there, he's such a huge security blanket for not just him, but all the previous quarterbacks that have played in the Carolina Panthers uniform. Um, he, he's such a dual threat weapon. You know, you can put him outside. You can keep him in the backfield. You can have him, you know, chip block. You can, he can do just about everything. And having a guy like that builds up your confidence. And, and you probably feel, you know, that much more potent um, when you have a guy like that. So I'm sure not having him on the field is being detrimental to the success of that offense. But with all that being said, you know, as a quarterback, at some point you have to take leadership of that role. Yes, he, you know, he's definitely not the best player on that team, but he's still the, the main focal point of that team. He's still the leader. He's the guy who touches the ball on pretty much every single drive. So you have to take accountability at some point and say, you know what, this is on me. I got to be better. And it's not about McCaffrey, but ultimately it is about McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, if he plays, I don't think Darnold plays as bad as he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll admit, I have no clue, uh, a, a read on this Philadelphia Eagles team. Uh, there are times where they look legit, like, I mean, as bad as, you know, the Jags or the Lions. And, and then, you know, they sort of creepily find their way into games. I, I don't know what to make of them. It, they they just are really hard to handicap because, you know, like I said, uh, through three-fourths of this game, they had about 80 yards of offense. They legit were struggling to get first downs. Hertz looked, you know, brutal for, you know, two-thirds of this game. Uh, you had Miles Sanders as they're trying to close out the game, run out of bounds back-to-back <laughs> -back times. Um, I, I don't know if he thought 
the clock kept moving when you run out of bounds. But, uh, you know, uh, maybe he plays in a different football league than uh, any of us have known our entire lives. Uh, but I just have no read on these Eagles right now. Uh, they look awful, and then they just throw in these spurts of uh, really solid play. So I, I just have no feel on the Eagles right now. I think I figured the Eagles out, to be honest with you. And it's when when I'm putting my chips against them, they're going to play the Jekyll and Hyde thing because, you know, I had such high hopes for them after the way they performed in week one and week two. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to start riding the Eagles. And then they start playing like, uh, excuse my language, like, like poop. Uh, and, you know, then you're like, okay, well, this should be a, a matchup where, they probably won't play as well as they played in the beginning of the year. And then they come out and they look bad at the first half, but then they start clawing their way back into the game. And we see what the outcome of it was. Uh, I don't know what to make of this team. I always like to give myself, you know, three weeks during a regular season before I start trying to identify uh, what teams are going to be going forward. We're in week five going into week six. I still don't know what the, what the Eagles are and I don't know what to make of them. So, I don't know. Maybe going forward, uh, when we do our pick shows, you can remind me of this particular moment, and uh, maybe I won't pick it, uh, anybody in any Eagles game anymore. Well, we're going to find out because they're playing on Thursday night versus Tampa Bay, so we get to preview them that week and get a read on that. That's great. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on to uh, team coach Booty and the uh, Tennessee Titans here. Uh, Titans won it, uh, you know, pretty easy here, thirty-seven nineteen. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry dominated. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Just suck it. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, 14 to 22, 197. I don't think he was at his best. Uh, but once again, that line did not look great. Um, but they got the win. Um, I, I will say this. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is looking, you know, better and better every week. Uh, I, I thought he played pretty well in this one. Uh, James Robinson continues to run the ball pretty well, but uh, Jags just aren't a very good football team. But uh, at least the Titans were not awful in this game. So I, I guess I go with good win Titans. And uh, then I ask you the question, when are the Jags going to break this losing streak? I, I don't know. And this is the thing. I, I know that, you know, he, he looked better this week. Okay, and he's looked better pretty much week to week. The issue that I have with that is the fact that they were playing the Titans defense, and we saw what the Jets did to the Titans defense. So it's hard for me to really put a lot of stock into his performance this week, even though they lost. Uh, I just think that they're not very good, and I think it's it's going to take, you know, probably all season long of them having to go through these ups and downs um, in order for him to develop and become a better quarterback. I think that he, he definitely, obviously his ceiling is very high. Otherwise he wouldn't have been taken number one overall, but I've been the victim of number one overall picks before. And let me just tell you that it doesn't always work out just because you're great in college and you show some promise in the NFL. It doesn't mean your career is going to end up great. You know, uh, I, I prefer to, for example, Bradford, you know, I kept hearing about, you know, I've never seen a ball thrown this great since uh, since Peyton Manning or, 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 you know, you heard everything about him. And he looked promising at times when he was in the league, but ultimately the guy's biggest downfall was the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. Now, 
thankfully for the Jaguars, that hasn't been an issue for them so far. But they've had other distractions along the way that I'm, I'm hoping do not stunt his development because he seems to have the tools to be a really good quarterback. And it would be a shame if all these distractions going on with Coach Booty, as you put it, uh, uh, really take away from his developmental process because uh, I'd like to see what he could turn into. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, Titans move on. Well, uh, I, I don't know if I'm in the trust them category yet, but uh, I, I will take, I just took a peek at the uh, Jags uh, schedule. Uh, they play the Dolphins next week and then uh, it's an interesting slate. So uh, they might need to throw everything in that Dolphins game because it's Dolphins. Then it's at Seahawks first Bills at Colts first 49ers. Uh, I, I'm not sure they're winning any of those after the uh, Dolphins game, uh, Geno Smith or not. Yeah, I mean, although I guess the Seahawks game could be a winnable one, depending on their situation. The Dolphins one is a winnable game, um, as long as that de- that Dolphins defense doesn't show up. But they have a shot here, and I think that if you are going to try and turn it around and get some good, you know, some feel good stories for the team, uh, this is oh, that's definitely a London the- game next week. Of course it is. <laughs> you probably should have mentioned that to start off, but now I feel a little worse. Didn't realize it, and then I saw the 9.30 start time. <laughs> well, All right. At least we got football early. Well, yes. I'm glad we're sending London, the uh, Jets, Falcons, Dolphins, and uh, Jags. Wow. <laughs> that's, Enjoy. That's a slight, yeah. I, I will say there way. are a lot of very nice pubs in England, so uh, Urban should feel right at home. Oh yeah, throw throw back. Uh, what is it that they that they drink in 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 England? Is it longer? Guinness? I don't know what what they drink. I don't even drink. I'm drinking water, man. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure they could find some adult beverages that would make this game a lot more interesting. All right, uh, we'll move on past the uh, Titans Jags. Uh, hopefully, uh, forever, and uh, we'll get into our next game. Uh, This one was actually a very entertaining and good game. Uh, The Cleveland Browns and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers here. uh, Probably the most entertaining uh, game of the week. Uh, Chargers come out ahead there. Get that uh, crucial stop on third down, get the ball back, and uh, score this one. I I think the uh, Chargers had 20 minutes of possession and 47 points. Uh, So uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, You know, uh, we were hamming up the Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, It didn't appear as great uh, this week. Now, they did have some injuries. Uh, I I just really think these are both really, really good teams. one thing I'll say about the Chargers that's given me a little bit of nervousness is uh, their uh, run defense um, is really, really bad. Uh, Nick Chubb ran for 161 yards. Kareem Hunt ran for 61 yards. And uh, I think they probably could have run for about 200 more if they had just fed them uh, more and more carries here. And uh, then they tried to push up and stop it. And that's when Baker hit a couple of those uh, passes over the top, but uh, really just, uh, I I think two really, really good teams here. I'm going to ask you about the chargers first. How good do you think they can be here? I think the chargers can be very good. And you go back to last season, you have the reigning, uh, rookie offensive, uh, you know, pl- player of the year in Herbert. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of people, including myself, thought there'd be a little bit of a drop-off uh, coming into the second year. 
but it seems like he hit like he hasn't really lost stride. He's basically continuing where he finished off last season, which was really strong. Um, I think the biggest issue for the Chargers, like you mentioned, is going to be that run defense uh, when they're getting gouged by guys like that. And I know that the Cleveland Browns have really good offensive line and they have really good running backs. So that's probably, you know, one of the reasons why they had such a, such success on the ground. But even with all that, they still managed to pull off a win. And that's not something you see. You know, if I were to tell you the opposing team ran for over 200 yards combined, you would think that that team won the game, but that's not what the case was here. You know, Herbert's making some really good throws. He's, uh, he's reading the defense really well. Uh, you know, he's going to have hiccups here and there because he is a young guy. But I think the Charger fans should be really excited about what the future holds, uh, especially if they can keep at least this core group of young players that they've put in there uh, because the coaching staff and the GM have done, have done a really good job uh, at putting together really good personalities um, that aren't clashing uh, for the spotlight. And it seems like you don't hear a lot about these guys, but they're all really good. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, I, I will say it was fun at the end of the game. Eckler got that carry, slid down at the one. Uh, they were going to run out the clock, and then uh, they handed him the ball up, and the whole Cleveland team picked him up and threw him in the end zone. Uh, I think I've been uh, clamoring for that for numerous years. Uh, I've never seen that before. If you're in a shootout, uh, you're better off having the ball uh, than uh, the other team having the ball. Now, uh, that being said, uh, I'm probably going to go back to something I think we brought up in week one. You know, Baker had the ball uh, with about a minute to go. Uh, granted, no timeout. So, you know, they're a little bit behind the clock. But, uh, you know, I'll just say it. I, I was 100% confident that they weren't going to drive down and be able to get that touchdown. And I, I just think that's where Baker's at. I, I don't think he has that in him. And uh, judging from what he did, he checked it down two times in a row for five-yard passes. Uh, I'm, that I, I just I don't trust him to make that last-minute drive. Uh, like I trusted Justin Herbert. To, it was bam, 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 three throws. They're on the one. Eckler gets down to the one, and then they carry him in. You know, it, it's just I don't know if Baker Mayfield uh, is the quarterback to drive you down and win you that football game uh, when you need him to. I, I think they'll win plenty of regular season games. I don't know if he can carry them in a playoff game when you need to be able to do that. See, I think that Baker can carry them in, in, into a playoff win, but not by himself. And I've said it several times during this season. I said it during last season. I don't think that Baker is the type of guy that you have leading the team. I think you have him manage the team. And that's when he has his best success. The Cleveland Browns obviously are a run first team. That's where they had success last season. That's where they've had success this season. You know, yes, I know they have injuries at the wide receiver position for Cleveland, but you still have some really good weapons out there. And Baker still struggles at, at times when he has to make these plays. You know, you saw him almost get killed a couple of weeks ago when he was trying to make a drive to win the game. And that's just the kind of player he is. And, and I don't think that's going to change. I think that as long as you don't put all the pressure on Baker Mayfield, he's going to bring success to your team. Um, now switching it over to the other side of the ball for the Chargers, I think they have the most underrated. Now I talked about uh, Keenan Allen before and how he's underrated, but I think they have the most underrated wide receiver corp uh, oh, yeah. in the league. You talk about Mike Williams. He's been, he's been balling out all season long and the team as a whole, even the running backs included, 
they all play their, their hearts out for this guy. You know, even though he's a young quarterback, you could tell they see him as a true leader. And that's one of the reasons why they were having the success that they're having this year. But, you know, I had to tip my hat off to, to those wide receivers, man. I think that um, they're definitely underrated. And I think that they should probably get a little more attention. That team in general should get a lot more attention than they're getting right now. Yeah, definitely. So I, I'm really, really curious. I'll ask you, uh, you know, we haven't gotten to the Ravens game yet, but uh, who do you have favored in that one? Ravens or Cleveland to win that division? I, I'm just curious where they stand. I, I think the Ravens are a game up on them now, uh, but uh, I, I'm just curious what you've seen. Uh, you know, Ravens probably a better record. I, I think Cleveland's looked a bit, a little bit better on the year, but uh, I, I'd probably lean Ravens, but I, I'm curious what you think. Okay, so right now I would lean more Ravens, and I'll give you my reasoning for that. I think that right now the Ravens' defense is slightly better than the Cleveland defense's, and I think that Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than than Baker Mayfield. But I, I do like the weapons in the Cleveland way more than the ones in Baltimore. And Baltimore is just in a better place because their quarterback has the ability to make plays through the air because he's so good and on the ground, whereas in Baker Mayfield, he's better off managing an offense as opposed to leading an offense, uh, if that makes any sense. Not to take anything away from Baker, he's still a good quarterback, but uh, to me, he's not the type of guy where I'm like, oh, we got a minute left, no timeouts. It's okay, we got Baker. Uh, That's not how I feel about him. Uh, Whereas in Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, I feel like he can make things happen just because he's so versatile on both over the air and the ground. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, next game up, uh, Cowboys-Giants. This one, sort of hard to preview because pretty much everything in the world that could go wrong with the uh, Giants in this game did go wrong. Uh, You know, Cowboys, once again, looked really, really good. uh, But really, uh, the Giants sort of hung with them, even though the Cowboys were dominating until, you know, uh, Saquon Barkley – you know, if he makes it back this year off of that ankle uh, turn, I, I will be amazed. Uh, that hit that Daniel Jones uh, took uh, was really, really scary. Uh, there's no telling when he's coming back. And then uh, Kenny Galladay went off too. Uh, so basically, uh, anyone you had, in, yeah, anyone you had in fantasy football for the Giants um, basically went off the field and uh, was no longer playing football. So, you know, the Cowboys opened this up, uh, you know, it wasn't really fair, you know, uh, Giants wise, uh, this is probably going to get really ugly uh, from what I'm gauging. I think you're getting a lot of Mike Glennon and uh, Devonte Booker, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony threw that punch after having a really good game. So I'm assuming he's going to be probably suspended for at least a game or two. Uh, you know, I'll say once again, this Cowboys team looks really, really good. Uh, got a couple more turnovers. Uh, once again, I don't know how long that's going to last because uh, it's so far off the pace. And, uh, you know, Travion Diggs uh, somehow is getting like two interceptions a game. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Uh, but the defense definitely, once again, looked uh, solid enough. And that offense just uh, right now is uh, humming beyond belief. Yeah, you know, I think that respect has to be earned. Um, and for the Cowboys, I think they've earned it. Um, you know, we, we didn't have very high hopes for them, especially defensively coming into the season. You know, offensively, we know what they bring to the table. They're very potent offense. They showed it last season. 
and they've shown us so far this season they haven't really taken a step you know uh, their foot off the gas so to speak uh, on offense this year they're not as great as they were last season but they're still very good offensively and defensively they're finally making plays as you mentioned Diggs has been basically a turnover machine all season long and there's no way that this can keep up there's I don't think I mean if there is it'd be amazing to watch all season long but I, I don't see it happening all season long, but even with all that, they've still been doing a much better job defensively. And I think that that was their Achilles heel last season was that they couldn't put up any defense, you know, even with all the injuries that they had, the main focal point, as far as the reason to why they had no success was because of that defense. Now the defense is playing better. The offense is running on all cylinders. And I think that the Cowboys are going to be a scary team going forward. I wouldn't want to play them if I was uh any NFL team. Yeah. Uh, how bad do you think this could get for the Giants here? I'm pretty bad. I mean, pretty, pretty bad. You know, you go back to last season when they didn't have Saquon Barkley and, you know, they tried to be competitive in matches, but now you're, you're talking about losing three-star players. You know, I know that this team isn't stacked to begin with and you're losing your three, you know, your three well, top guys. You know, Ste- Shepard's been out as well. You know, yeah. he didn't play. It's just, it, it's going to be bad, I think. Yeah, I think, and I mean, I hope that these aren't long-term injuries uh, because you've heard me talk about it pretty much all season long. I thought that the Giants were a sleeper, uh, just waiting to, you know, strike and and basically surprise all the naysayers. But I don't know, man, with all these injuries, I think it's going to make it really tough for them to, to contend in that division going forward. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, uh, we'll move on to uh... – well, uh, this team is 5-0. and I, I don't think any of us even still trust this team totally, uh, but the Cardinals got a 17-10 win over the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Cardinals do just enough. Uh, offense looked a little raw, but uh, managed that touchdown uh, right at the end in the fourth quarter to sort of pull this one away. Uh, Niners defense looked pretty solid. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we saw what we thought about Trey Lance. I think there's a lot of talent there, but uh, he's really, really raw right now. I don't think he's totally ready, uh, you know, to play at an NFL level. Now, this was his first start. You know, if he gets, you know, three, four more starts down the way, maybe he, he you know, progresses little by little and gets a little better. Uh, but uh, honestly, uh, right now, judging, you know, we really think that NFC West is like the – best division but uh you know this san francisco team right now their defense looks good but i don't think they're a great football team i I don't think seattle's a great football team i I think there's sort of been separation here in the nfc west i I think the rams and the cardinals are the good teams san francisco's okay and i'm really having my doubts about seattle here so i'm not sure this division quite is as deep as we probably thought coming in yeah, although I agree with your statement and your analysis on it, I, I still think that both the Niners and the Seahawks are teams that you just can't fall asleep yeah. on. Um, now, this, you know, the whole Seattle situation with them losing uh, Russell Wilson, uh, first of all, you know, I know that this already passed and we already talked about it, but I don't care who you are. I don't care what quarterback you are. Don't, don't try to hit Aaron Donald in the hand. You're going to end up hurt. We've seen yeah. it happen twice already. Uh, the man's a beast. But I, I think both the Niners and the Seahawks could potentially beat anybody at any given yeah. point. 
um, they they could easily turn it around. And I'm not too concerned about them. I know they have some injury concerns going forward, but that's probably the biggest reason why they're not playing up to the standard we expected them to play. Uh, and with all that being said, I think they could still beat up on teams, even, even with their backups, um, just because they have different attributes. The 49ers have a really good offense where you can put a guy in there and he can make a pretty strong impact. Defensively, I think that they have a really good defensive team. Um, for the Seahawks, you know, you play in the Seattle, I don't care who you are, you're going to have trouble going up against that 12th man. They get really loud. You saw it last week with the with the Rams and, and Seattle. Uh, it got so loud that, I mean, through my TV, I had to turn the volume down. It got so loud. And, and this is controlled audio coming through my TV set. Uh, so, you know, the Cardinals, I, you have to listen, they're five and oh, they're the only, I know it, it, I, we, I think we, you and I are probably the only one who's watched a lot of Cardinals football. They are five and oh, I, I, but I mean, you, you, it's hard to like, I don't think they're that good a football team though. I, I, okay. I keep going back to this. This is, I think like the third or fourth week that I've said this in a row. They're too dependent on those explosive plays. And for me, once you get into the play, yes, for the regular season, it's going to work out for you because you're going to run into some mediocre teams, some bad teams, some good teams also. But when it comes to playoff time, you're going to face off against the best of the best, the elite guys, the guys that have both defense and offense. And when that happens, when you have Kyler Murray, who just can't get away from a defensive end, he can't shake him, he can't juke him, and he's getting taken down for sacks. And then you have, uh, you know, a potent running back with a potent offense just pounding away at that defense. Eventually, it's going to take its toll. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from they're undefeated. They're the best team in the NFL right now on paper. I'll give them that. I just don't think that they're really as good as their record shows. Yeah. We saw it last season. Last season, they showed, yeah, they, they, they looked like one of the better teams. And how did it end up for them? Yeah, exactly. That's all I have to say. I, they didn't even make the playoffs. I, I think they probably will end up making the playoffs this year. Um, but, you know, that being said, I, I think if Jimmy G plays in this game, I, I think the Niners win it. Yeah, I, another thing I want to touch on with the 49ers, I, I've said it before, I think that Jimmy G is their best option at quarterback. You mentioned it, yes. You know, the young, young quarterback looks good. He looks like he's got some tools there. But I don't think he's ready. As you mentioned, he's raw. He's very green. And – just like Justin Fields, I think that these guys would it would benefit them if they were able to sit back and learn the proper way. Um, I know that sometimes you got to throw guys into the fire for them to learn, but when you have a better option, I think that going forward, if Jimmy G were to play in this game, I think the outcome would have been different. Uh, and going forward, if you're the 49ers, I think you play uh, Jimmy G if he's available. Yeah, but, I, I think so too. I, I will say that Niners defense uh, – was really, really good. Uh, you know, they held up all game long until that, you know, very, very last drive uh, by the Cardinals there. So, uh, And kudos to the Cardinals for being able to jump on the opportunity yeah. and striking when they had to. So I don't want to be a Cardinal hater because it sounds like I'm a total Cardinal hater. I know. We and, just and watch be, the games. We see 
you know, them escape. And, and basically this play, this comes down to that uh, fourth down play where Lance had that guy open in the back corner of the end zone. He tried to run it in uh, through three guys. Uh, you know, this isn't college. Uh, you probably aren't going to be able to run through three guys in the NFL. So uh, just drop that pass in over the top, and then it's, you know, a 17-17 game. So, and we're, we're having a different conversation. Exactly. So, you know, that that's that. I, I don't think we're Cardinals haters. I, I think we think they will, you know, make it to the playoffs this year. It, it's just people are putting them like the number one team, and I'm like, you know – I understand why they're super talented and they're yeah. very exciting to watch. I, I, I'll give them that, you know, they have big names, they have big playmakers, they have guys that can do some things that other people can't do. So I understand the excitement behind it. But if you sit down and watch an entire Cardinals game, you will see the flaws. And these are flaws that just can't be overlooked when it comes to playoff football. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Uh, Buffalo bills, Kansas city chiefs. Uh, this game was the biggest game on paper and, uh, it did not turn out to the biggest game. Uh, Buffalo opened this game up and uh, just lit up this Kansas City Chiefs defense. And uh, quite frankly, uh, the Bills are, are the ones who I think right now uh, it, it doesn't mean anything in week five because nobody cares uh, who the best team is in week five. But uh, this Buffalo Bills team, uh, the last four weeks, uh, the 18-point margin on the road over the Chiefs is the lowest margin of victory they've had. Uh, they have just lit teams up. And that being said, the Buffalo dominated this game, and, and then the Chiefs got the benefit of sort of regrouping after that rain delay, and Buffalo came back and dominated them just as much again. So uh, uh, this Bills team really, really is impressing me here. Uh, I... I I don't know if they're ready to make that final step to jump into the Super Bowl, uh, but I think they look even better uh, than they did last year. This defense looks like uh, that front four uh, to front seven can really cause havoc. Uh, they were messing with Mahomes uh, all game long and getting pressure on him. I, I just like this Buffalo Bills team. And then you saw it. They, you know, they, they hadn't run Allen all that much uh, to start the season, uh, but when they wanted to win this game, they started running that option stuff, and uh, Joss Allen was just bulldozing people in the run game along with uh, crushing them in the past. So uh, really, really impressive game by the Bills here. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I wanted to – I made a mental note to myself to go back and listen to our last show because I wanted to hear what my thoughts were on this, but I was pretty sure that I thought that the Bills would come out on top of you this did. game. Um, and you know, I wasn't the only one, I understand this, but a lot of people out there were showing the chiefs a lot of love and I understand why this Patrick Mahomes, you know, as Travis Kelsey, I get it, I, you know, but defensively, they are just so horrible that when you put up a team that has a potent offense also, it's going to be a shootout and, uh, it just didn't happen to work out in their favor. There's a, a, a guy that, um, I talked to at work. Uh, he's a driver for a company that distributes adult beverages. Um, he's a big Bills fan. He said, you know, I don't know why he's like, but I kind of have a feeling that that we have the tools to possibly go all the way this year. I agree with him. The Bills, even though their defense isn't as good as it has been before, they're playing good enough defense, and the, their offense is balling out. As you mentioned, that first week seems to be almost a fluke, yeah. um, the way they've been playing. And they're a scary team, man. I, I mean, to be able to keep up offensively with the Chiefs offense, I, that's saying something and not just that, but to win by, you know, a couple of points here and there, that's, that's kind of scary. 
Yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's flip things to the Chiefs. They're two and three. Uh, everybody thinks they suck now. I, I, I don't think the Chiefs suck. Uh, you know, they, they played a handful of really, really hard teams. Uh, I don't think they're playing great football right now. You mentioned defensively they have a lot of problems. And I will say I don't think Patrick Mahomes is playing all that great this year. I'm not saying he's playing bad. Uh, but, you know, this is more the Patrick Mahomes that was in college at Texas Tech, you know, uh, can do crazy electric passes over the top, can do crazy things, uh, but there were turnovers in there. And that's, you know, while in the NFL draft, uh, teams passed on him because that's what they saw. They saw the electric arm talent. They saw the electric plays, uh, but they saw a lot of risque throws that ended up in turnovers. Uh, you know, the Texas Tech made one bowl game while he was there that, you know, for a guy who's won a Super Bowl and gotten his team to back-to-back Super Bowls, you think they probably get to a bowl game, uh, you know, once or twice there. So maybe it, it's just a little bit off uh, of Patrick Mahomes right now. You know, some of the problem I think is that running game. I mean, it's an absolute zero right now. I, I mean, the Bills basically set back in like super too deep coverage and uh, just said, our front four, our front seven uh, can handle you. You aren't beating us over the top. Uh, so, you know, I pre- that's probably presenting some problems there. But uh, long-term, let's go to it. How worried are you about the Chiefs? Long-term, I'm not too worried because that offense can click. And when they're clicking on all cylinders, they're very dangerous offensively. Um, I think that they – obviously, they made some moves. They signed a couple of free agents. They picked up, you know, guys off the street. Um veteran guys for the running back position and at some point they might have to utilize them because as you mentioned they're getting zero production out of that running back spot and for a Chiefs team with such potent weapons on offense to not have a balance you know with between the run game and the pass game it's very detrimental to the success of the team the Chiefs haven't always had really potent defenses they've had good defenses here and there but this year it's really bad and because that defense is so bad and the running game is basically, uh, you know, completely out out of this universe that we haven't seen any sign of life. Because of all that, this is the reason why they're struggling. Uh, because their passing game has no issue. We obviously saw how many points they put up on the Bills, and the Bills have a pretty good defense. Um, so I just feel that if they can find some sort of balance on offense, I don't think they have to go run heavy. Um, no. But if they can find some sort of offense, uh, you know, with the running game where they can at least get a, a I don't know, I would say decent running back yeah. uh, with decent output, I think they're going to be okay, regardless of that defense, because they're, they're a very potent offense and they have really good players. But just like the Cardinals, when you're too dependent on those big explosive plays and you don't have balance, you're going to make turn, you're going to make mistakes, and you, when you make those mistakes. This is the NFL. Teams are going to, you know, jump on it and take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, I, I still think they're a contender uh, for this AFC. I, I, you know, you, I probably put Bills one, but uh, I, the Chiefs would be the second team out of my mouth right now if I was choosing contenders. I, I'm not quite ready to throw the Chargers into AFC you know, lead pack contenders here, you know, the Chargers remind me a little bit more of like Buffalo last year. Like, I think they're a really good team, uh, but once they get in the playoffs, uh, you know, they might get a little bit humbled here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I had to pick right now, 
I would probably put the Ravens and then the Chargers uh, uh, just right below the Bills. But if I'm picking long-term, it's hard for me to really pick against the Chiefs. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, Monday Night Football was uh, entertaining. Uh, the uh, Ravens scored uh, 22 unanswered points here. I, I thought we sort of found a rhythm for the Colts, and uh, I, I think maybe going forward uh, – we will find that rhythm for the Colts. Uh, this was the best Carson Wentz has probably looked in uh, four years. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's there. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, had a couple big plays receiving, but he's still sort of average uh, running the ball. And the Colts are sort of average at running the ball, which is why they couldn't really close this game out. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson just went uh, into Superman Lamar mode and uh, brought the Ravens back here. Hard Ravens team to really judge. Uh, you know, they're four and one, uh, but they have weird wins. You mentioned this one, 22 unanswered points, that weird game in Detroit. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, they get wins. So uh, where are you putting the Ravens? Uh, what are you seeing from the Colts here? They're now one and four, uh, but I, I think they're starting to round into shape. Uh, we've mentioned it that uh, I think if they can get to week six, uh, they probably start putting some wins together here. You know, very unfortunate for the Colts. They've actually had a really tough schedule, and their defense isn't as good as it was last season. Obviously, there's been a change at quarterback, and they still don't have a lot of weapons at the wide receiver position. And with all that being said, I still think they can turn it around. And, uh, you know, going forward, it seems like they're starting to get into a flow at least. I have a theory that Wentz has some mental issues with him that's kind of holding him back. Uh, and and I allude to, you go back to Philadelphia, and he's playing really well. He's probably one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league at that moment, and he's basically leading his team to the playoffs. And then he ends up getting hurt, and the backup comes in and ends up winning a Super Bowl. And I think it's it's built a little monster inside of his head that's constantly nagging in his ear, uh, and it's one of the reasons why he had no success after that in Philadelphia. Now he gets reunited with his old coach back in Indianapolis, and it seems like he started to kind of get in the flow of things. Um, I, I just don't know if they have enough tools to make it work just because that defense isn't playing at the same level as it was last year. But I still think they can at least compete. Now, with all that being said, you go back to Baltimore. When that game started, I was watching that game. I actually had a bet where um, for the first touchdown of the game, these are always long shots. And I'll only do them if they're insured, which this one was. But when I saw uh, that Baltimore start off with the ball, I'm like, okay, I have a really good shot at this. And then, you know, obviously they go three and out, they punt the ball. And the Colts come out, and they look like they were about to get stopped. And then he breaks through that defensive line, and there was just no catching him. He flew like a rocket. And from that moment, I was like, well, I guess it's going to be a long night for me. Um, but, you know, they came back. Uh, Jackson did what he did, what he does, which is win games, as you mentioned. The numbers don't look great always offensively, whether it's through the running game or you know through the air or even defensively. They don't always look great, but they win games, and there's something to be said about that. Uh, when you can will yourself to to pull off a win, even when it doesn't look like the game's going in your favor, uh, I th I think it says a lot about that team in general. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, uh, they got a. Uh, uh, 
big slate here coming up. They're one and four. They play the Texans and they're at 49ers. And then they go to a Titans, Jets, Jags. Uh, you know, if they can win four, four of five in that one, uh, they're right back there. They're, that puts them, you know, uh, you know, at 500. I, I can't, if they can get back to 500 in that five game stretch, uh, I think they can put a little bit of pressure on the Tennessee Titans. Cause I'm going to assume they are going to stay, you know, a little bit hot and cold. You never know quite what you're going to get week to week. Uh, so that should be interesting to see here. Uh, you know, I, I just, I'm curious about these Ravens cause it, it just, has been a little bit weird, uh, but then you get that dominant performance like we got versus the Broncos uh, two weeks ago. So I don't know if I quite throw them in the Buffalo Bills and Chiefs category, uh, but uh, I think they're probably just under that hovering around, like you said, with the Chargers there. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's get into our best and worst of the week. So on the offensive side of things, where are you going for best of the week? Let me see as I switch pages here and make this really loud. Okay, so uh, for best of the week on offense, uh, I did want to give a shout-out to Brady, who had a monster day. I know that it was against, you know, the ailing Dolphins team. Um, and I also want to give a shout-out to Josh Allen, uh, but he went up against the Chiefs defense, which we all know is not really that good. Uh, but I'm actually going to go with the young quarterback here, the young quarterback from L.A., and that's Herbert went for 398 yards, four touchdowns and no picks in a shootout with one of the tougher teams in the AFC. He managed to pull off the win and he's got his team sitting in first place in his division. So he gets uh, my best of the week for offense. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm going with Josh Allen. He was just uh, ridiculously good in that uh, Kansas City Chiefs game. Uh, granted, the defense is a little sweet, cheesy that he played, uh, but Big deal to go in there in uh, KC, win that game who you played in the AFC championship uh, last uh, season. Go in there, get a big win, dominate them, and uh, sort of set the tone. And, uh, you know, home field, I know it's a little bit early to talk about that, but, uh, you know, that game was decided by the game those two played last year. If uh, Buffalo had won that game, home field would have been in their territory. So maybe Buffalo spins this. Uh, the uh, division they're in uh, does not look to be all that deep. So I, I don't think they're going to have too much trouble uh, with a Patriots, Jets, uh, Dolphins trio there. So uh, really big ups to Josh Allen. All right, on the defensive side of things, where are you going? Okay, so even though they cost me, I'm going to go with the Chicago defense, the baby monsters of the midway. Um, <laughs> and this basically just because they were able to slow down, you know, one of the hottest offenses in the league. You took, you know, you go back a couple of weeks and we're talking about Derek Carr and, and those uh, and those Raiders as, you know, potentially being one of the most potent offenses in the league. And they were able to completely shut them down, something that I did not expect, especially the way the Bears defense has been playing. So even though they cost me, uh, I felt like I had to show them a little love. You know, they held Derek Carr to 206 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. So I thought the Bears defense was a little deserving. They won't get a lot of love this season, but I felt like they deserved it this week. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to go with somebody who I gave worst a couple of weeks ago, and that's J.J. Watt. Uh, he really made the play. He was getting pressure on uh, Trey Lance, but he made that uh, deflection as the uh, Niners were coming in and uh, gave him that uh, turnover there. And uh, so that really helped the Arizona team. So uh, when he does well, I'll give him his love. J.J. Watt's uh, my defensive side of things. All right, on the coaching side of things, where are you going? See, uh, for a coaching best of the week, I was going to go with Zach Taylor of the Bengals. I wanted to get him love, you know, because uh, 
his team played really tough. You know, I know that they couldn't pull it off, but uh, we talked about it during the pre during the review show. Uh, they 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 held their own, and, and that was pretty impressive. But he puts his quarterback in too much danger for me to give him the love this week. So I'm actually going to go with uh, coach of the Chargers, Brandon Staley. Uh, he's done a great job at setting up his team, put him in a good position to win, and you know, putting together a good game plan, uh, regardless of who their opposing team is. And now he's got his team sitting pretty at first place. So, um, Brandon Staley, coach of the week. All right. Well, I'll join you in that. I picked Brandon Staley as well. Uh, look really, really good. Um, you know, the only thing I can say is probably just keep going for two point conversions because uh, <laughs> that field goal kicker misses every point he kicks. Uh, so just if he still has a job by uh, our show on Friday, I'll be a little bit stunned, but uh, anyway, uh, just go for two point conversions uh, from here on out. Uh, anyway, uh, Brandon Staley as well. All right, let's get to the worst of the week. Uh, what do you have on the offensive side of things? Well, for offense, for worst of the week, I had a really hard time with this one. I feel like, all the teams played pretty well uh, at, at the very least. Uh, so I'm just going to go with the Raiders simply because they were playing so well. And then they had a huge drop off uh, this type of performance versus the bears defense, uh, a defense that we don't really consider to be, you know, all that scary uh, was a bit of a dud. And I hope, I know they had some distractions going on, so I won't, you know, hate on them too much for this, but I had to pick somebody on offense. And for this particular week, it had to be the Raiders. So Raiders offense worst of the week. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Sam Darnold to uh, cost me a bet and uh, Carolina. And uh, he was just uh, brutal uh, this week, uh, especially as well as the Carolina defense played. Uh, it's just a shame uh, they don't get a win uh, based on the way they played. I, I thought they really worked their uh, butt off. I, I wanted to give Carolina the defensive player of the week, but uh, I, I guess you can't do that in a loss. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Sam Darnold. Uh, but uh, anyway, Sam Darnold, worst of the week. All right, on the defensive side of things, where are you going? Uh, defense side, again, another, another situation where I had some trouble picking, uh, you know, worst defense. I know there was a few candidates, but I, I'm going to go with this one. And I know it's not completely their fault, but I'm going with the Giants, okay? And it's because in a divisional matchup with the rivals of Cowboys, they gave up 300 yards through the air and over 100 on the ground. And I know that the ceiling for the Giants defense is low, but, you know, we saw with the Dolphins when they lost their star quarterback, their defense tried their best to play to the strength of the opponent of the opposing offense. And it seems like the Giants defense after those injuries just kind of laid down and took that L. So for that particular reason, Giants defense, worst of the week for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going with a team that won, and that's the New England Patriots. Uh, <laughs> judging by what I saw from the uh, Houston Texans in the previous three games, uh, to get shredded like that, uh, a little bit disturbing. Yes, they won the game. Yes, they made a couple stops there at the end. But, uh, you know, we were – hyping up this uh, New England defense is one of the best in the league. And uh, I'm not even sure they're middle pack of the league right now. So uh, New England Patriots, worst of the week for me on the defensive side of things. All right, coach of the uh, worst of the week on this. For coach, uh, you know, I, I had to go with the combo this week. And as I mentioned, I had a hard time really nitpicking at teams because of matchups and who their opposing teams were. But for worst of the week on coach, I had to go with, Coach John Gruden and Coach Urban Meyer. Uh, and it's simply because I don't really need to get into, you know, all the dirty details about why I'm picking them, but we all know what's happened. Uh, we know about the emails. We know about the pictures and the video. But <clears throat> the reason the guys made this list 
is because they became what coaches hate the most uh, besides losing, and that's distractions. You know, they became distractions to their team. They became distractions to their fan base. They became distractions to that front office. And for that reason, you know, Coach Gruden and Coach Meyer, worst of the week. Yeah, uh, I don't think you can have a worst of the week without John Gruden. Uh, bad emails, bad luck, uh, bad team performance, and then he resigns. So uh, I, I think that's about as bad as you can get for bad of the week. Uh, not to be not followed up by the booty man. He definitely has to be uh, mentioned in this. Uh, not to mention his team's performance ha have been bad and bad and bad. And uh, he doesn't even look like he likes coaching football. It's why he might have not taken the team played uh, to go back with the team and decided he wants to, to run his bar. some booty at his bar. Uh, so uh, that's... Uh, Gruden, number one, but uh, the booty man, not far behind it, uh, number two. All right, Thursday night game this week. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a barn burner. Uh, Tampa Bay continues their tour of annihilating uh, mediocre to uh, poor teams. Uh, goes to the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe a short week road game uh, might give them a little bit of trouble, but uh, my guess is uh, Bucks win this one pretty easy here. Seven-point spread. Uh, what do you make of this game? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the Bucs are definitely going to come out on top in this game. Uh, I just don't see how Philadelphia can keep up with them offensively, even with, you know, the lack of weapons. They know they lost Gronk pretty much for a few, I don't know, for the rest of the year or a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, they have plenty of weapons to go around on offense. Uh, defensively is where their issues lie. Uh, but I think that that offense can do more than enough against this Philadelphia team. Uh, to not just cover the spread, but cover the holes on defense also. Yeah, the, the only thing I could say is maybe the Eagles with uh, some of their playmakers on the outside uh, give Tampa Bay secondary a little bit of a problem, uh, but I, I just don't think they can score with this uh, Tampa Bay team. So uh, sort of a wash of a Thursday game. Uh, we'll see how much attention we play. All right, uh, that's our show. We'll be back on Friday to give our picks and preview. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our shows. Our college football show will be back on Thursday. Also, we got Achilles Reign to come in and do an NBA win total show this weekend. We're going to get into a little bit of NBA action. I'll have my division winners and uh, preview coming up later this week. So you'll get in all that. Uh, we probably have some thoughts on Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, our favorite players in the league. Always fun to break those guys down. Uh, and his old Lakers who are already breaking down and having surgeries. <laughs> so that's always fun. Uh, one of them was one of their young guys. So uh, that's exciting. Too. So uh, anyway, be sure you don't want to miss any of that. Like and subscribe. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles. All right. That's our show. And we're out.